fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, it's the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Welcome into a pre-Friday celebration, one of the greatest days of the entire week. That's the way we roll here on the show each and every day, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV. Plus, we have the live stream and the podcasting thereafter as well. Great to have you. Let's get this ball rolling, shall we? Great show lined up for you today, I think at least. I think Gregory Wrightstone, he's the author of Inconvenient Facts. You can visit him online, inconvenientfacts.xyz. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We love chatting with him, talking about Green New Deal stuff, infrastructure bill, uh, climate change, and all that stuff as he is a uh, scientist, you know, an actual, legit scientist, craziness, that talks about climate change and global warming. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Outside of that, we have a few other things, obviously, to get to. I guess it was expected. We knew it was coming. We knew it was going to happen. It's kind of like when you have a little toddler and you know they're going to hit their head on the coffee table and you don't want them to and you tell them not to do it, not to run over there and don't do that. But yeah, you know it's going to happen. So it's kind of like the train wreck that you're watching waiting to happen because you're anticipating it. Well, guess what? It's here because Joe Biden climbed out of his basement today and tried to make a speech, which was, again, boring, again, nauseating. And yet they're going after the issue that we knew they were going to go after at some point and some point relatively soon as we start off this show today here on The Voice Reason coming out of Biden's basement. Let's go into the Biden basement. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. <laughs> All right, so that's Joe Biden today out of his basement. <laughs> Let's go into the Biden basement. All right, so there's a lot to dissect with this uh, press conference that happened today with Kamala Harris, the vice president, soon to be president, and Joe Biden, the president of the United States, as he tries to say, well, you know, just like what Barack Obama liked to do, you're not working fast enough, Congress. We're going to sign our own executive order. We're going to do it by our phone and our pen, and mm -mm, you're not going to stop what I'm doing because I'm just going to take action into my own hands. Exactly, by the way, what Kamala Harris wanted to do, Kamala Harris wanted to do when she was on the campaign trail and said that I will give Congress 100 days to implement gun control reform. And if they don't, then I will use my phone and my pen and use executive power if I become president of the United States. Which I don't know if you remember or not, that's the reason why she only had a 2 to 3% support within the Democrat primaries. It was one of the first Democrat candidates to drop out of the presidential race because that is an extremely unpopular position to stand on. But she did it. 
And now that she's vice president, how that helped the Democrats? Not quite sure, but it helped the Democrats to some degree, I guess. And now she's telling Joe Biden how to do it, the master of the puppets behind pulling all the strings, making something like this happen. So Joe Biden, his gun reforms, his gun control initiative that's starting off. Now, remember, there are still anti-Second Amendment bills floating through Congress, sitting in the Senate as we speak right now, but they're not going fast enough. And they don't know that they have the bills because Joe Manchin, thank God, one of the Democrats says, yeah, no, we're not going to let this fly. Not okay with this. I may be a Democrat, but I still support the Second Amendment. So what does he actually want to do? I mean, you, of course, you're going to hear the fear tactics from the media, and then some are saying that it's going to be great, and others are going to be saying that it's really bad, but you're not going to hear the details of what he actually wants to do. There were essentially four different agenda items on this executive order. Let's see what they, oh, by the way, first two, we'll get to that clip there too about him saying that it doesn't infringe on the Second Amendment because the amendments are not absolute. You have some rights, but you don't have total pure right. You don't have complete rights. There's still limitations. I don't know where they're at, but there are limitations on the amendment that you have the right to uh, uh, carry a firearm. You have, to, you have the right to keep and bear arms, and that shall not be infringed. There's a clause somewhere in there. I'm trying to find it. Maybe I'll find it during the commercial break that says that there's a limitation on that. And you can cap it and limit it and kind of mitigate where that is. So we'll do that here in just a minute. But his four agenda items. Number one. Want to rein in the proliferation of so-called ghost guns. These are guns that are homemade, built from a kit and include directions on how to finish the firearm. You can go buy the kit. They have no serial numbers, so when they show up at a crime scene, they can't be traced. And the buyers aren't required to pass a background check to buy the kit to make the gun. Consequently, anyone, anyone from a criminal to a terrorist can buy this kit in as little as 30 minutes put together a weapon. You know, I want to see these kits treated as firearms under the Gun Control Act, which is going to require that the seller and manufacturers make the key parts with serial numbers and run background checks on the buyers when they walk in to buy that package. Wow. All right. Now, we live, I live here in Kansas, wherever you're living across the country, maybe you live in a city, maybe you live out in the rural parts. If you've ever lived out in the country, you ever build a potato gun? You get some PVC pipe, cut a little hole at the bottom, put some powder in there, drop a potato in, have some fun. You've essentially created your own firearm. It shoots potatoes, but use that strategy to build your own firearm. I don't know if Joe Biden's aware of this. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Joe, I don't know how you're feeling today. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Not sure if you're aware or not, but you can actually build and actually main, create your own firearms. Now, it's difficult in today's times-ish to have a steel mill to be able to create the firearm to do the things. We talk with locally here uh, in the KQAM area, in the Wichita area, there's an organization called the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. They have a gun show about twice a year. I interview them on the local program here. And there's an individual there that makes his own firearms all the time. And now they're old school antique firearms, but he creates his own firearms. I hope Joe Biden realizes that you can still make your own firearms. Not to mention, you can get schematics for your own 3D printed firearms. You know, 3D printers that everybody has now or that people have now, where you can actually just put the schematics in there and it just builds you a firearm. 
this is one of those things where you try to regulate it because you're desperate and you want to feel good about doing something, but it's not actually going to do anything because it's a really stupid bill because people are always going to find a way around it. You want to register the gun packs that people buy to assemble their firearm on their own. You realize that if you do that, they're just going to go some other place and buy it. They're going to get schematics for a 3D printer. They're going to make their own firearms because that's how it's been done for a thousand years is making your own weapons. You can make a spear. Are we going to ban those too? Are we going to license those? Are we going to put a little registration tag on there, put a little barcode on your uh, spear and say, ha-ha, huzzah, we've been able to register that with the federal government. Come on. Come on. Can we say dumb? Round number two, what's the second agenda item from Joe Biden? The second action we're going to take, back in the year 2000, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms released a report on its investigations of firearms trafficking in America. The report was of pivotal value. It was an important tool for policymakers when I was in the Senate and beyond, at all levels, to stop firearms from being illegally diverted into dangerous hands. Today, with online sales and ghost guns, times and trafficking methods have changed, and we have to adjust. We also have to ask the Justice Department to release a new annual report. This report will better help policymakers address firearms trafficking as it is today, not what it was yesterday. You ever have one of those moments where you want to look like a dog and you tilt your head sideways wondering what the hell you're even talking about? You want to create an annual report from the federal government to talk about illegal firearms in the country. Now, that's supposed to be from trafficking. If you were concerned truly, Joe Biden, honestly, about trafficking, why aren't we addressing the crisis going on at the southern border, which, by the way, is not just illegal aliens coming in, but it's cartel members coming in with humans and with drugs and with something else? Oh, yeah, called guns. That's right. Yeah, guns, guns. There's a documentary on Facebook, or uh, on Facebook, on Netflix right now, talking about some of the cartels and what all they bring in from the southern border with these Mexican cartels that include firearms. And they have military-grade, police-grade firearms, shotguns, handguns, rifles, whatever, where they just stroll across the border. And anyone down at the southern border in that area can pretty much buy one of these things if you choose to do so. Are those the guns that you're trying to track about trafficking, that you're trying to keep tabs on, that you're trying to keep off the streets? Is that Because if that was the case, you probably wouldn't put Kamala Harris in duty and in position to handle the immigration crisis down at the southern border. So it's nothing more than a, uh, really what it is, it's a report for the federal government to come out and say, wow, these are the number of homicides caused by guns. These are the number of crimes caused by guns. This is how bad guns actually are because look at all these stats about crimes that have been committed with firearms. Therefore, we have more legitimate ways to try and take your firearms away. You have to remember, under the Second Amendment issues that we have, they attack it on all different angles and they chip away little by little by little by little by little. Right now, it's just expanding background checks and trying to have more reports so we understand a better situation. Later, it's going to be, wow, look at all these reports that have been fabricated and totally completely manipulated. So now we know exactly how to attack later on and kind of direct our attacks against your Second Amendment. But whatever, right? Not a big deal. They're not trying to take it. They're just trying to do common sense gun reform. Let's do number three, agenda item number three. Third change. We want to treat pistols modified with stabilizing braces with the seriousness they deserve. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's stop right there. Real quick. Stabilizing braces. 
Another comical piece for me that I love when Democrats are talking about firearms is when they have no clue what they're talking about because they don't know firearms, they don't know firearm accessories, but they try to talk about them as if they're experts on the issue. Kind of like the congressmen and women in D.C., the Democrats, that are like, and this is how you attach a chainsaw to the bottom of the firearm because it's an assault rifle and you can attach a chainsaw to it. These are the guys trying to be experts on why you don't need firearms. A stabilizing brace hook and a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate and a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal, effectively turning into a short-barreled rifle. Oh. That's what the alleged shooter in Boulder appears to have done. Okay, so there you have it. So now the handgun stabilizer, which, by the way, I don't know anybody that uses a handgun stabilizer because they're dumb, because the whole point of you wanting to carry a fire or a handgun is to con- usually conceal carry and have something small on you, not turn it into a rifle. What he doesn't tell you because of his lack of understanding of a firearm is that you may be able to sta- stabilize it. Not sure how many people actually use these things, but if you do, then it's hard to conceal, number one. And number two, you may be accurate, but you still don't have the range, dummy. Do you think a firearm, a handgun, is going to go as far and have accuracy at long distances like a rifle does? That's why you purchase a rifle for long-distance shooting. Why you have a handgun for short-range shooting. Someone coming at you, someone barging into your home, in which case you usually get a shotgun. Uh, You're out in public, and someone comes after you. You're in close contact. You may have accuracy. You don't have distance. Something they don't tell you. But by, oh, you know, I mean, come on. Those stabilizers, they are dangerous. we got to ban them. And if they do, by the way, and they do this, anybody that has them will become a felon. Then refer back to the last year where it's normalized for you to call on your neighbor if they're doing something sketchy or they have something sketchy that's illegal because huh, you're not wearing a mask and you have a handgun stabilizer. Now it's time for you to be thrown in jail. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you're all welcome back into The Voice of Reason, radio and TV, plus we have the live stream and podcasting after as well. All of it, you can find us on the interweb at Hoosier Reason, social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, on twitch.tv, ourfreedombook.com. You can find us all at Hoosier Reason is the handle, also on the website at HoosierReason.com. It's way too easy. It's dumb because it's so easy to just pick apart these arguments about gun control. And they say it's not gun control. I mean, he even tries to be like, it doesn't infringe on the Second Amendment. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, except for the fact that you being able to make your own firearms or, you know, use your firearms or use accessories for your firearms. Uh, I don't know if you realize or not, but you can use guns and gun accessories if you watch King of the Hill. You're allowed to use those. A, an accessory is part of the firearm. It's a piece of that, which means you're allowed to use that and have the right to use that just as much as you are the firearm actually itself. But they don't think that's the case. So while they say we're not infringing on your Second Amendment, that's exactly what they're doing. A comment on Facebook, uh, the murderer in Boulder, didn't he pass a federally mandated background check? Yes, he did. It's a great point. That's why, again, it's so easy to pick apart these arguments because they're so stupid. It's stupid for you to think that that's going to solve it. So the bad guy had no priors. He passed a federally mandated background check. So we should expand the background check to make it easier to do a background check and make more people do background checks before you actually get a firearm. Did it, would it still have stopped the person that did the shooting? And oh, by the way, the ones that it could have prevented it, a couple of shootings that actually a background check could have stopped it, the government was incompetent enough to not actually put the red flag on them to stop them from actually getting a firearm. So we have a process in the works already that fails miserably. Maybe you should clean that system up before you actually expand on the programs. It's kind of like social programs. You, maybe you should clean up the fraud inside social issues before you start expanding these social programs. I'm just throwing the idea out there. I mean, if you want a government program, at least make it work semi-efficiently for you. But that's government work, right? And the one I'm referring to is the, remember a couple of years ago, the shooter that, that was using the quote-unquote AR-15 and had the body armor and went into a church in Texas and shot it up. And the neighbor, who also had an AR-15, by the way, heard the shoot is shooting across the street at the church and ran over and shot the bad guy and made him run off. That bad guy was in the military, had bad PTSD or something, I don't remember, And the military did not hand over his record that would have flagged the background checks to say, no, this guy is not right in the head. Things happened to him. He shouldn't have gotten a firearm. They didn't flag him, which means he passed the background check completely clean. You could have solved that one. You could have stopped it. So the system we have in place doesn't even work, but yet you want to expand it. At the same time, the fourth agenda point that Joe Biden wanted to do during that uh, press conference today was the fact that he wanted to expand the red flag laws so that way you can get rid of your due process 
Someone has a bad day at work. You're very grumpy. You're very down. You're going through some hardships. Family member goes to the courts and says, I don't trust him. I don't like him. He's going to be a danger to himself or to other people because he's going through a divorce because he has, you know, depression and he fights depression at times. You realize that's what they're going to open the door up to. Anybody can come to the court and say, I don't trust my coworker. I don't trust my family member. I don't trust X, Y, and Z because they suffer from depression. They're seeing therapists. They're going through some hard times. I don't trust them because I'm vulnerable and I'm a, I'm a Karen, I guess, so to speak. And I feel very uncomfortable with them having firearms in their home. They could come in and shoot me up anytime. They're going to harm themselves anytime. And therefore, I'm going to get a court order to go and confiscate those firearms without any due process. That's exactly what a red flag law is. It violates this. And yes, another comment on social media, an executive order cannot be written to supersede the Constitution. No, it cannot. You cannot override constitutional law because you feel like you need to do something and you want to sign an executive order. That's not the way the system works. We have trampled and spit upon the Constitution today with his absurd, ridiculous executive order, with his four agenda items, opening up the Pandora's box for many other Uh, executive actions or for laws to be implemented regarding the confiscation of your Second Amendment rights. When we come back, we'll shift gears. Gregory Wrightstone will go on climate change, the infrastructure bill, global warming, all that good jazz when we come back. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a pre-Friday celebration. I cannot believe this week literally has gone by so fast. I was talking to Mrs. Voice of Reason last night, and I had answered. I said, wow, I said, the week has gone almost faster than the weekend, which is a good thing because we enjoy weekends, but I didn't get as much done as what I wanted to this week. It's flown right on by, and then, of course, all the news and all the shenanigans being pulled this week. It's just a crazy time. Welcome in, broadcasting live, radio and TV, plus live streaming, podcasting as well. We are all over. I want to thank you again. Last month, breaking another record for download podcasts, um, the number of downloads we have for the show. You can go to HoosierReason.com, sign up for our newsletter. We'll have all the information on there for you, and we appreciate that very much. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. And without further ado, let's get into our next guest. What do you say? What's trending today? I'm so excited to have this guy back on the program. We get him on on a semi-frequent basis, and we like to keep it relatively consistent as he is our guru, our expert, talking about anything regarding the climate change or global warming or anything that they like to spread on the other side of the aisle. You can find his website, inconvenientfacts.xyz, 
inconvenientfacts.xyz. Also, his book, Inconvenient Facts, and his app, which I have, which is really fascinating as well. It's Gregory Wrightstone with us. Greg, how are you, my friend? Oh, really, really busy. Yeah, I can imagine. This <laughs> and, is... uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you know, I just joined uh, the CO2 Coalition as executive director. That's so, right. That's right. You did. So it, it, it's a group of some of the top scientists in the world, 70 scientists, physicists, geologists, climatologists. So it's 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 uh, it's kind of like herding cats, but it's it's really interesting <laughs> to deal with some of these top guys well, I'm sure on a daily be- basis. Well, I'm sure because of that, I mean, according to the government, 98% of scientists, you know, believe in the man-made climate change. So we just need to get on board with Green New Deal stuff, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, I'm not buying it. Not at all. Not not even a little bit. And uh, so there's, yeah, there there are a lot, your listeners probably know, but they're being lied to on a daily basis about climate change. And not that it's not actually happening. Of course it's happening. Right. It always has. But... The, the fact of the matter, they're lying to you about the consequences and these predictions of horrific events that are just looming over the horizon. It'll be happening next year, the year after, in 10 years. Uh, but, you know, if, if you read these things, when you, I'm, I'm going to give you a little lesson here on what to look for. Uh, when you read something in the paper and it says, uh, scientists from the University of whatever uh, – suggests that climate change might, well, yeah, but it might not. With anything, if, if, if it starts out with might, could, or may, take it with a grain of salt. Because just as soon, just as like, you know, they say, oh, well, it might happen, but, but again, it might not and probably won't. Yeah. Uh, the politics yeah. of fear. I mean, the politics, if it might happen, then we need to be very concerned about it because it could potentially may uh, theoretically happen, and therefore we should be very, very scared and just go along with their well, agenda, and they, which is, and yeah, they do and so good at it, too. Oh, yeah, and they, but I always get this, what's the precautionary principle? Well, what if you're wrong, and we're actually going to have uh, – six or nine feet of global sea level rise. What if you're wrong? We have to do something to protect it. Well, you know what? I, I go back and I go, I, you, you may know Yellowstone sits above a huge magma blob. Yeah. Um, and whenever Yellowstone, at some point in the future, it'll probably be tens of thousands of years, but it's going to blow. Sure. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Why don't we just evacuate most of the uh, upper northwest of the United States because it might happen. Sure, right? That's the precautionary principle. It could. Uh, yeah, it could happen. <laughs> well, which you know, probably you and your listeners would have to evacuate to some lovely place like New Jersey. Okay, yeah, maybe it's not lovely. Yeah, well, no. Although I will say I have to give credit. We were talking about the story yesterday with the gym that's going to give free memberships to anyone not getting the vaccine for COVID. So I give them props. Mm. We reached out to that owner uh. and try and get them on the air because that would be nice. But no, you're right. It is the fear of this could potentially happen. It's a far stretch, but it could happen. So therefore, just go along with our agenda. Now, this stems from the Green New Deal that AOC tried to implement, what, a year or so ago, and everybody laughed at it to the point where they even tried to put it on the floor to get a vote to get people to actually show support to mock it because it was so absurd and so radical. But now we're seeing almost a form of this be truly implemented in a new $3 trillion infrastructure plan from the Biden administration, aren't we? Yeah, and there's more of this of this so-called investment that's going to to solve 
the non-existent problem of climate change than there is to, to infrastructure. I mean, when I think about infra- infrastructure, I think about roads and bridges, and you probably will agree with me, and there's two main functions of the federal government, from what I can see, and that's national defense mm-hmm. and infrastructure in terms of interstate highways and bridges. Uh, but this is much, much more than that. They've got, for example, they've got $174 billion to create half a million new electric vehicle charging stations. Now, here's a, here's a good one. I'm, I, I, need, I need your help on this because I, I've, I've yet been able to figure out what this is. $50 billion for climate resiliency infrastructure. Mm. Please help me. What is that? What is climate resiliency infrastructure? I'm struggling on that. Yeah. I'm wondering uh, if that was the AOC plan of just tearing down and rebuilding every building with the new environmental stuff. Yeah. Or maybe it's if you're a blue state governor and your brother-in-law owns a widget factory, those <laughs> widgets could be defined as that. Ooh, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that might be it. Yeah. Or uh, $100 billion toward a carbon-neutral grid. And I'm thinking that's uh, probably hooking up. We're going to have solar and wind installations all over the place where there isn't a grid to take the electric away. So that's probably what that is. But you know what? What other industry, let's say you drill a gas well or develop a small gas building. It's not the government's responsibility to build a pipeline to you. Uh, but this is what they're doing for these guys. They're uh, building a, a, the electric grid that will make it uh, economic for them to move the the electric out. Wow. It, it boggles my mind how far they go to stretch and just really try to, I guess, bend the definition to what climate change or environmentalism or your preservation or whatever the heck they want to call it to make it for their, I mean, essentially what it is, it's pandering to their own special interests, as you mentioned. Uh, but for them to just wiggle these definitions to really include that and make people think and people for it to buy it to actually think, oh, yeah, that's saving the environment. I, I mean, how did we get to a point where we fall for things so easily? Well, we're trying to figure out what's in this bill, and it's very vague. It's not very well defined at all, and it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's doesn't this sound familiar? Well, we have to sign the bill and pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Exactly, is I think what's going to end up happening. And when we when we find out all the details, uh, it, it, I don't know. It's stupid, and and it, it, as you know comedian ron white says about that you can't <laughs> fix stupid you really can't this no, no. but it's, it's but easy. that's their agenda and they will find a way to pass it because just like covid just like the last year just with you know the green new deal or you know uh, al gore's garbage you know so long ago is that if you create the fear around it people will just blindly follow because they're concerned about what could potentially actually happen here so if we spend all of this money on the infrastructure is it actually going to solve anything or is it just spending money no it's spending money it's it's they call it a solution to the climate crisis well number one there is no climate crisis there is no climate crisis period and so what this is is what i call a solution in search of a problem it's there shouldn't be one penny spent on this Uh, and, and what we see as you know we've talked many times i'm a huge proponent of of an earth and its ecosystems and humanity that are thriving and benefiting. Uh, the combination of the modest warming. So we've, we've, we've warmed up, what, 1.2 degrees since the beginning of the 20th century. Okay. That does, that's not very alarming to me. Um, 
And that combined with increasing CO2 is leading to an earth that's that's greening, that's thriving, that's prospering, and the human conditions improving because of it. Well, By almost ask, every metric you look at. Yeah, let's stop there for a second because I want to ask you about, for those that may not know your work or may not know what you do or kind of explain some of this, as you mentioned, the climate is changing. We are warming, but that's not a negative thing and a fear-based thing is what they're trying to explain. It's actually oh. a positive thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in a warming trend, all right? There's, we are. We're warming. It's been warming in fits and starts for 300-plus years. And that first 250 years, that 300 years, had to be entirely naturally driven. Uh, it began long before uh, we started emitting lots of CO2, which that really started in about the mid-20th century in that post-World War II economic boom. And, and what, we're, what, we, what we're seeing is this just a continuation of natural trends. And, and if we look back over, I, I love uh, combining both human history and earth history, geologic history, to, to see that the past, uh, if we look back the last 6,000 years, the beginning of the, the first great empires and civilizations that arose, the Babylonians, the Hittites, the Assyrians, uh, great empires in the Indus River Valley and in China, these all rose up during a period that was called the Minoan Warm Period that was much warmer than we are today. And these great civilizations thrived. It was known as the Bronze Age. And then, and then it started cooling down. And just like every other uh, warm period as it ended, and the cooling began, uh, crop failure occurred, famine set in, and there was mass depopulation. And, and this over a period of maybe 100 years, it's thought, uh, just that, that short of a period of time, all those great civilizations collapsed. It was It's called the the late Bronze Age collapse, uh-huh. and just all, all together. Uh, and then we, they, it led to the Greek Dark Ages, where basically we don't know anything much at bit, all about what's on. It was a little bit cool. I tell you what, Greg, we got to take a break here. Let's stick over one more segment, and I want to continue that conversation because the history of this fascinates me on when we actually thrived as a society, as a human species, when it was actually a little bit warmer, and what we could expect over the next few years and the few decades here on earth across the nation it's gregory wright so we got lots more coming up here on the voice of reason stay tuned reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time the progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom abuse power and trample the constitution each and every day that's why we need the knowledge resources and common sense to push back and we can help with that visit our website at hoosierreason.com there's some really great stuff for you you can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. 
Online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. The show goes by way too fast, I tell you. We are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio, all over the place. Radio and TV, plus the live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. Each and every day stumbling through a program worse than Joe Biden stumbling through a press conference. <laughs> you like that? Wrote that myself. Thanks very much. Welcome in. Uh, we have the live stream up right now. Facebook Live, not on YouTube because we are on strike number dose of YouTube because they don't like our content. So that's fun. We are on Facebook Live, though. Twitch.tv. You can find us on there at Hoosier Reason. Also on our Freedom Book and Twitter. I believe we're on there as well. LinkedIn and the website at HoosierReason.com. We are hanging out today with Gregory Wrightstone and ConvenientFacts.xyz is the website plus the app which is really awesome talking about the, uh, I guess it's essentially the Green New Deal, the new infrastructure package uh, right now. Let's talk about the future of this, Greg. If we end up passing this, if we don't, I mean, I doubt it's going to have much effect one way or the other on climate, whether we pass this or not. But as you talked about, in the warming phases we've had in, in American or, US, I guess, just world history thousands of years ago, and we thrived and vegetation was doing well, and then we go into these cold and that's when we had the dark ages and we didn't have a whole lot of good crops and it was struggling. Are We're in the warming phase now. Is it going to be like that for a while and get better or are we going to go back into a cooling period? Because what they're telling us is that the warming right now is going to cause another ice age here soon and we're all going to die. <laughs> well, as a geologist, I, I tend to look at what's happened in the past and use that as a model for the future. And so if we look at these past warming trends over the last several thousand years, uh, it's likely, and, and if this responds similarly, it, it's likely that we'll have another several decades or maybe in even another 100 or more years of warming. And, I, and I'm okay with that uh, because I can look back again. If we look back, we're being told, aren't we, that, oh, my God, we can't let it get another degree and a half or two degrees warmer or whatever it is, or we're all going to uh, right. starve from famine and die. Well, <laughs> let's look back in human history and geologic history. What happened during those previous warmer periods? Life thrived. Civilizations flourished. And, and they, they were the apex of the civilizations that rose up, and that's because Food was bountiful. Harvests were plentiful. Uh, if you were uh, Emperor Andy in a warming period, you had it pretty good. You could feed your subjects. But if you were Emperor during one of the cooling periods, you probably wouldn't be Emperor very long because you couldn't feed your subjects. And that, uh, you know, they'll be coming after you with the pitchforks. People be dropping right and left. And that's what we saw. Uh, the, the, each of these cooling periods, when it started cooling, was horrific. Sure. Uh, and in fact, the most recent one, uh, the medieval warm period, maybe a thousand or so years ago, uh, 
it's known as the high middle ages and then it started cooling and we dropped down into what was called the little ice age uh and there's a, there's a really interesting story that I I like to tell if we have a few minutes about the correlation between temperature and the witch hunts of the late middle ages in Europe and Ooh. as 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 they started as we got out of the warming of the middle the medieval warm period uh the high middle ages started cooling crops started failing and people started dying and they blamed it on weather causing witches mm-hmm. and so they started killing them right and left and even in the in the 14th century the pope actually issued a papal bull stating Yes, there are weather-causing witches, and if you find them, you need to kill them. And they did. Boy, did they! Uh, but what's really, what's kind, of, I find it fascinating. Around around 1500, it warmed up again. Crops came back. Life was good. So yeah. why did that happen? Come wow. on, yeah. come on. We killed all the witches. I mean, come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. we, we killed, killed all, all the witches. witches. <laughs> we did really good. Wow. Oh. Yeah, praise the Lord. You know, we've got a good, net. but that only lasted for several decades, and then it really started getting cold. So there were, I've got a chart that I've created for my new book. Uh, I listed uh, it, it's it's pretty interesting. You might chuckle, but I list uh, witches killed per decade on the top, and then number of extreme cold months in the winter on the bottom. And uh, there's a really strong correlation. And so you kind of laugh about this, but. I guess you wouldn't laugh if you were in a No, if you were a female there, yeah, you think that they're, exactly. they're a witch. I can't wait to read that book. That's going to be fascinating and, and hear some more on that one. we got to get you back on to talk more about this. It's Gregory Wrightstone, uh, InconvenientFacts.xyz, also the CO2 Coalition. You can see them at CO2Coalition.org. Greg, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. I love chatting. Let's do this again here real soon. All right, Andy, thanks. Hey, always a pleasure right there. Fascinating stuff, fascinating. I love, and especially tying in the climate and how culture was at that time. That, to me, is extremely fascinating. We'll do that again real soon. Until then, podcast going up a little bit. We have another great day lined up for you to wrap up the week tomorrow. Don't miss it. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Time to get out there and speak some reason. That's what we do. And I'm Voice of Reason, Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great Thursday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.